This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you and good evening. We start tonight's show with a visit from Edgar Bergen and his little dummy buddy, Charlie McCarthy. Now, I refer to Charlie as a dummy, but as I've noted before, listen to the banter between the two, and it doesn't take long before you believe Charlie is flesh and blood. Bergen was born in Chicago. He taught himself ventriloquism from a pamphlet called The Wizard's Manual when he was 11 years old. After his father died when he was just 16, he went out to work as an apprentice accountant, a furnace stoke, a piano player operator, and a projectionist in a silent movie house. The famous ventriloquist, Harry Lester, was so impressed by Edgar that he gave the teenager uh, a daily lessons for three months in the fundamentals of ventriloquism. In the fall of 1919, Edgar paid Chicago woodcarver Theodore Mack $36 to sculpt a likeness of a rascally red-headed Irish newspaper boy he knew. The head went on a dummy named Charlie McCarthy, which became Bergen's lifelong sidekick. He had created the body himself using a nine-inch length of broomstick for the backbone and rubber bands and cords to control the lower jaw mechanism of the mouth. His first performances were in vaudeville. He worked a one-reel movie shorts, but his real success was on radio. He and Charlie were seen at a New York party by Elsa Maxwell, given for uh, Noel Coward, who recommended them for an engagement at the famous Rainbow Room. And it was there that the two producers saw Bergen and Charlie perform. They then recommended them for a guest appearance on the Rudy Valley program. And the rest, as they say, is history. So, let's drop in on Edgar and Charlie and see what they're up to tonight. of Chase and Sanborn Coffee present Edgar Bergen and Charlie McCarthy with William Gaxton, Victor Moore, Mortimer Snurd, Dale Evans, the sportsman, yours truly Bill Goodwin, our special guest, Teddy Lamar, star of the Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer production Heavenly Body, and Ray Noble and his orchestra.
listed there again. Yes, Charlie. Uh, can I have a few words with you? Well, I suppose so. What is it? Well, we, uh, we, uh, we've been together a long time, haven't we? Yes, we have, Charlie. Yes, we have, yes. And, uh, we, uh, we're not getting any younger, especially you. <laughs> Well, that applies to you, too, Charlie. Yes, it does. I know. I'm, I'm growing out of my youthhood, but I'm, uh, I'm not uh, as mature financially as I ought to be. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so it's uh, money again? Well, I'm in a way, yes. Well, my unfortunate friend, do you mean to say you, you have no money in your piggy bank? Not a sow. Not a sow. <laughs> <laughs> well, how does that happen? Well... My piggy bank went to market once too often. Oh, I see. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a tragic story, Charlie. A tragic story. Yes. And it, it touches me deeply. It do? Yes. <laughs> do it go as deep as your pocketbook? No. <laughs> no, it would, Charlie, if I hadn't heard the story so many times before. Oh. You are always financially embarrassed. Yes, it's true. How is that? Well, I... I come from a long line of short people. Oh, that's... (laughs) Well, I would give you more money, Charlie. You would? Yes. If I didn't think it was wrong and dangerous. How can a little more money be dangerous? Well, well, there there, there might be germs on the money. What? Germs. On germs on the money? Yes. (laughs) Well, that's a new one, yeah. (laughs) Germs on the money. That's pretty good, (laughs) If that's the case, I must be the healthiest kid in town. (laughs) Charlie, you're always asking for more money, though. But, Mr. Bergen, I'm not asking for more money. Oh, you're not? No. Well, then what is it? Well, I feel... I feel that a man in my position should have a checking account. (laughs) Yes. And what is your position? Well, I'm flat broke. You're flat (laughs) broke. A checking account of 75 cents a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, what will you think of next? I'll work out something. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping I might get my allowance for, oh, you know, two or three months in a lump sum. I see. In advance. Yes. You know, it might teach me responsibility. Oh, I see. Well, I think it would, yes. Yeah? Yes. I think maybe we can do that, Charlie. Yeah? Yes. This will be a noble experiment. Oh, it sure will, yes. You mean you'll do it? Well, I'll think about it. I'll open a checking account for you and put in $12. You will? Yes. Now, that's four months' allowance. Yeah. How soon can I have it? Well, I'll open your account Monday morning. Yeah? Yes. Woo! <laughs> Monday afternoon, there's going to be a one-man run on that bank. Yeah. <laughs> But remember, that money has to last you for four months. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Don't you worry, Bergen. All right. I'll prove to you I'm a good businessman. Well, I hope so, Charlie. Then someday, why, you'll be a great help to me when I'm old and gray. Yeah. Oh, yes. (laughs) I won't do it. I won't. (laughs) A smart track now might cost me 12 bucks. Yeah. (laughs) 
Now, there are a few things I want to caution you about, Charlie. You must guard your checkbook. Yes, sir. And you mustn't overdraw your account. Oh, no, sir. Well, there's one more thing, though. What is it? Is this is this bank good? Oh, of course. I think it's good. Yes. Yes, I think they have a reserve of, uh, oh, I think it's around $3 million. $3 million. Yes. Mm-hmm. Well, that ought to last me a little while. <laughs> what are the chances of me hitting the jackpot? No, no. <laughs> Now, don't tell me that you need money, too. No, no. No, <laughs> no money. Good. Just a few words. Well, I don't know. Shall we give Mr. Gaxton a couple of words, Bill? Uh, well, uh, Edgar, I guess we could spare one or two short ones. Short now, listen, fellas. Now, I'm going to direct a picture, and I'm trying to find a leading man. Oh. You know of anyone? Oh, well, yeah. yes. Yeah, not, I, I uh, probably just the type you're looking for, Billy. But you see, I'm tied up at Patamount. Much as that. Yes. <laughs> Gaxton, I know you want me, but Charlie doesn't allow me to appear in a picture without him. It's just one of those. Yes, things. well, neither one of you would do, you see. Oh, what yeah. I've got to find is a tall, handsome, debonair, smooth-looking young fella, a gorgeous hunk of man, a husky Tarzan who will out-Tarzan Tarzan. Oh, well, that's your man, Billy, right there. Victor Moore. Oh, no, no. You'd never do. No, Mr. Gaxton, I know there's a shortage uh, of uh, handsome actors, so I want to volunteer on account of the shortage. My dear friend, there's a shortage, not a famine. (laughs) Now, don't be too hasty. My relatives tell me I have the features of Robert Taylor. The voice of Cary Grant and the physique of Tyrone Power. Too bad it all comes out porky pig. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I think I'm prettier than he is. Well, I'd like to get into Western pictures. Don't you think I'm the tough and rugged type that could bulldog a steer? Well, you certainly got the face for it. Tell me, Mr. Moore, have you uh, have you ever made a test for any of the studios? Oh, sure. I made a test for a studio once, and they kept calling me for three days. But I never went near him. Mm-hmm. Playing hard to get, huh? No, I just didn't like what they were calling me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to give you a trial anyway. You see, the part I have in mind calls for you to stand on top of a hill and face the camera so everyone can see your big, beautiful brown eyes. I got those from my mother. Yes. <laughs> the women in the audience are spellbound and thrilled at your broad, manly shoulders. I got those from my father. Yes. As you stand there smiling, we see your glittering, white, pearly teeth. I got them from a family tended Travis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mr. Moore, let's face it. You see, you're not the romantic type. Now, look at your figure. You're so big around the middle, you don't even need a belt. I know it. My pants establish a beachhead, and my stomach holds it. (laughs) Well, with that shape, why aren't you wearing a girdle? (laughs) My wife got up this morning and beat me to it. (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what I'm going to do, Mr. Moore. You might have hidden talents. By a strange coincidence, I have a scene from the picture right here. Now, we go over it together. Me and you? Okay, Doki. Now, 
I tell you, it's a great story. You see, you will play the part of a strong, dashing hero, and I am a petite Russian princess. You're a princess? Yes, I'm a princess. I speak first, you see. You ready? Here we go. Oh, my little Bublitsky, look into my eyes and whisper those three little words that mean comfort, bliss, and contentment. You know those three little words, don't you, Boris? Yes, scratch my back. <laughs> no, no. No, no, no. Let's, let's, come on now. Let's, let's start again. Now, here we go. Come on. Boris, my sweetheart, I cannot stand it any longer. Let us run away together. What time, Boris, shall I be ready? Sonia, my darling... First of all, I must go in the house and shave mother. No, 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 no. That says you've got to go in the house and shave. Mother will be here at six o'clock. Go ahead. No, no. Read, read the speech here. Read it right. Sonia, your cheeks are the color of rose petals. Petals, petals. Yes, petals. Your lips are like wine. Your nose, your nose. Is continued on the next page. <laughs> You're reading the directions. I've never heard such a bad performance. Well, why couldn't you change it into a Western picture? That's where I'd really show you some acting. But I'm not casting a Western picture. Bang, bang, bang. Give me the boots and turtles. Bang, bang, bang. You fellas, give me them there papers around here and the baby. Hey, 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 Dale Evans comes forth with a very interesting invitation. Put your arms around me, honey. Hold me tight. Mr. Goodwin accepts, Miss Evans. Fellas. begins to float then it starts a rocking like a motorboat oh babe I never knew any boy like you (laughs) 
me tight. Let's have a blackout. You and me tonight. Oh, won't you roll your eyes? Well, oh, we know you'll tell those little lies. Don't talk to me like that. I don't know what you mean. Oh, yes, you do. We're all to you. We're not so green. I just gotta get a girl in my arms. <laughs> Boy, are you bad? <laughs> yeah, you're feeling pretty chipper this evening, aren't you, Daggett? Yes, yes. Yes, it's it's a lovely evening this evening. Lovely evening. Yeah? Yes. What's the matter with you? <laughs> What's that stuff you got on your culture? What's that stuff? Uh, you know? uh, it happens to be perfume. Yeah. yeah. Or de cologne. Oh, is this so? <laughs> Smells more like an afternoon in a glue factory. No. <laughs> it's all right. Say, what are you? You're looking pretty sharp, aren't you? Yeah, well, thank you. What's going on, Bergen? What's, what's up your sleeve? Uh, what's, uh, what's, what's all that? What's all that? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know who our guest is this evening, don't you? Yeah, Hedy Lamar. Well? 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 Are you kidding, Baggett? <laughs> you you and Hedy Lamar? Yeah. Why don't you give up? <laughs> What's so unusual about me feeling a little romantic? Romantic? Yes. Oh, nothing. Only aren't you swinging after the ball went by? Well, now... <laughs> All right, I admit I'm not a college boy. Boy, there's a concession. Yeah. <laughs> But there's no harm in trying to recapture my youth. Capture your youth? Yes. First, you better try and recapture your middle age. No. <laughs> my dear boy, age is not everything. It's how you feel. That's what counts. Yeah. Yes. How could you say that? Yes. You who've been going steady with a hot water bottle. Now, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I can't keep this. Oh, Goodwin. Yes, John. How do you like Bergen? You think she's going to go and, you know, get someplace with Hedy Lamar? Oh, really? Oh, <laughs> now, aren't you a little optimistic, Edgar? Well, confidentially, I thought maybe you boys would help me. Help you with Lamar? Yes. Are you mad? Yes. <laughs> what are we, Tim? All right, all right. I thought I might even go as far as uh, make it worth your while financially. Yeah. Oh, well, now, that's different. Tell us more, good-looking. All right. <laughs> I have always been on the side of truth and fair play. Oh, no. Unless there's something in it for me. Yeah, that's uh, right. By the way, Edgar, how much is there in it? Well, I planned on giving you 50 cents apiece. Yeah. Oh, for goodness. <laughs> well, you'll get just what you pay for. And cheap is cheap, buddy. All right, all right. Hello, Charlie. Cheap is better than she comes in. Well, Hedy Lamar. Hello, Charlie Wally. Oh. <laughs> Hello, Hedy Willie. Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, remember the 50 cents. <laughs> what? 
50 cents, remember? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I've made the dumbest deal in my life. <laughs> Teddy, we, we've got a TL for you. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yes, we have, Eddie. We know someone who likes you very much. Oh, he's just crazy about you. That's wonderful. Tell me about him. What's he like? Well, he... <laughs> Here's where we go to work, Goodwin. Yeah. <laughs> well, Hetty, this man we're talking about, he's, um... Yeah. He's, well, uh... Mm-hmm. Oh, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> now, stop teasing me, boys. Who is it? Is he unattached? Unattached? Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, he's practically falling apart. <laughs> I suppose he's dark and handsome. Oh, certainly. Yeah, watch it, good watch it. <laughs> well, he's um, handsome in the dark. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a real uh, pin-up boy. Yeah. He sounds more like a Ben's pin-up boy. <laughs> no, not at all. He's a fine figure of a man. Yeah, yes, he has a nice figure. Mm-hmm. Hey, if you care for avocados. <laughs> <laughs> and what a... Body, a, a fine blend of quality, character, and deep down goodness. So, hey, hey, when it's hey. coffee you're buying, no. ask your grocer for Chase and Sandwich. No, 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 no. What is this? Hey, Goodwin, never mind a regular grind stuff. <laughs> Let's get back to the drip, you know? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm dreadfully sorry. I was carried away. Now, yes. tell me Spice more about this Superman. Uh, is he the athletic type? Athletic, is he? Well, once he swam the Mississippi River. Oh, when was that? And the day they put in a toll bridge. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I like a man of interesting moods. One who is quiet and conservative one moment and glamorous and dashing the next. Well, he's a convertible model. Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. Slightly worn top. <laughs> well, I hope he's well-read and a student of the classics. Oh, uh, does he know Chaucer and Tennyson? Is he familiar with Lord Byron? Is he familiar with Lord Byron? Only last night they had dinner together. Uh, <laughs> oh, Charlie, he's dead. No, he always looks that way. <laughs> oh, you mean Byron. Yes. Oh, Oh, boys, it isn't fair to keep me in suspense any longer. You must let me meet him. No sooner said than done. Oh, Bergen. Here I am. Oh, hello. <laughs> hello, Mr. Barr. Oh, so you're the one they were telling me about. Yes, yes, I'm the boy. Uh, well, Miss Lamar, tell me, how, how do you feel about our client? Oh, it's no use, fellas. But huh? no one can say you didn't try. No. Really, I admire you boys for your loyalty. Well, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> to think you do all that for a friend. Yes, for a friend and 50 cents. <laughs> oh, so that's it. You were doing it for money. Well, I don't Now I'm disappointed in all of you. Well, but after all, Hetty, we, yeah. we, we were just trying to... What wouldn't I give to meet a man who was just himself? Frank, honest, and unassuming. Hello, everybody. Oh, me. Hello, Miss Lamar. Why, Martin, you know, 
I was just saying I'd like to meet a man who was down to earth. Oh. Someone who is really simple. Uh, uh. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I got what it takes, haven't I? Forty <laughs> man. Come over here. No, I'm close enough. No, no, you're oh, not. No, Come you're on not. over. <laughs> I won't bite you. I wish you would. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, now, don't be afraid of me, Mortimer. No. I only want to hold your hand. Oh, no, you don't. You could, you now, know. please. No, you don't. Pretty please? No, 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 uh, please. Please hold my hand. No, 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 no. Why are you going to do it? That's all. Why not? Well, I'll hate myself in the morning. <laughs> Mortimer, what's the matter with you? What do you mean? How can you be so stupid? Hmm. I got a priority. Oh, that's it. <laughs> Something. Mortimer, haven't you ever been out with a girl? Well, sure. Uh, I had a date once. Oh, where uh, did you go? Well, we sat on the front porch in a swing. Oh, why did we swing? Oh. <laughs> what else did you do? Well, I looked at her. Yes, you looked at her. Yeah. You know what she did? No. She looked at me. Oh, she looked at you, huh? Yes. And, and, and then what? Well, shucks, ain't that enough for one night? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, a word from Edgar Bergen. It was my good fortune during the past year to visit and entertain our servicemen in Alaska, the Aleutians, and Newfoundland. I saw them in the far-off outposts where they were living in anything but comfortable surroundings. But despite their inconveniences, I found them eager and anxious to do their part to destroy the enemy that is trying so hard to destroy us. That means that our men are ready to give their lives if necessary. While here at home, we are asked to do very little more than to invest our money in war bonds. We are not asked to give anything, but just loan our own government the money it needs to provide our men with the equipment and supplies they require to win this war for us. Every person who possibly can should buy one or more additional bonds during this third war loan drive. Ladies and gentlemen, if our men are to reach Berlin and Tokyo... The least we can do is pay their fare with bonds. We cannot afford to fail. When we all get together again next week, Charlie will meet up with an old pal and arch enemy, Charles Lawton. Since Mrs. Lawton and McCarthy don't always see eye to eye, we're looking forward to a hectic and hilarious evening. That's next week at the usual time. Plus, the two Charlies, of course, Edgar Bergen and Mortimer Snurd will be on hand as well as Victor Moore, William Gaxton, Ray Noble and his orchestra, and one of the finest singing groups we've ever heard, the Pied Pipers. This week, when you're buying coffee, think of us and ask for Chase and Sanborn, coffee made to serve in times like these. This is Bill Goodwin saying goodnight from Hollywood's Radio City. Stay tuned for Gunsmoke, next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, and in downtown Toronto, 96.7 FM. Marshal Matt Dillon is about to help out another townsperson with a problem. The episode is entitled, Gentleman's Disagreement. Around Dark City and in the territory on West... There's just one way to handle the killers and the spoilers, and that's with a U.S. Marshal 
and the smell of gun smoke. Starring William Conrad, the story of the violence that moved west with young America, the story of a man who moved with it, Matt Dillon, United States Marshal. He's here in Dodge City. I just saw him. He came in on the morning train. You mean Ed Beaudry? Yes. It's been four years now. I'd begun to hope he'd forget. Hope he wouldn't find us. What you told me, Beaudry, doesn't sound like a man who ever forgets. He's come here looking for Bert. To kill him, he swore he would. Matt, what are we going to do? I don't know. What's Bert think about it? He doesn't know yet. He's busy at the blacksmith shop. Matt, you've got to help us. You're the only real friend we have out here. It might make it easier if I weren't, Jeannie. I'm supposed to maintain law and order and dodge. Uh, my job doesn't leave much leeway to mix in on personal quarrels. Well, there's no quarrel. It's just that Ed Baudry's a hot-tempered fool. Bert never did anything to him. He married you, didn't he? A woman has a right to change her mind, Matt. Maybe Baudry doesn't think so. Matt, you promised me once in Louisville. Yeah. Yeah, I know. All right, Jeannie, go on home and don't say anything to Bert. I'll talk to Beaudry. Thank you. I'll never forget it. I... Goodbye, Matt. Chester. Yes, sir, I'll, I'll be right there, Mr. Dillon. Did Ms. Wells leave? Yeah. Fine couple of Wellses. Did you know them before they came out west? Not Bert. I knew Mrs. Wells. I guess we better drop over to the Texas Trail, Chester. There's a fella in town planning to do some killing. <laughs> long time. Hello, Chester. Miss Kitty? Uh, come sit down, Matt. Tell me about things. I can't right now, Kitty. We're looking for a fellow. I thought he might have come in here. Sooner or later, they all do. Stranger, Matt? Uh, yeah. He came in on the morning train. His name's Ed Baudry. Oh, him? There. The bar, Matt. 
third from the end next to Tulsa Jim Nixon. He's buying Irish whiskey for everybody. Thank you, Kitty. Come on, Chester. Yes, sir. Watch yourself, Max. Yeah, sure, Kitty. I'll see you later. All right, bartender. Set up another round of Jamesons for the house. Yeah. Your name, Beaudry? Oh, that's right, mister. Matt Dillon. I'm a U.S. Marshal here. I'd like to talk to you. Fine. Go ahead and talk. Uh, Tulsa, suppose you'll move on down the bar for a couple of minutes, huh? Oh, well, well uh, dear, Marshal, this man's a friend of mine. You're not very particular about your friends. Now, go on, Tulsa. Drift. Mr. Beaudry, you, uh, you came here to kill Bert Wells, didn't you? Did I? Well, here's some advice. Don't do it. Take the next train and get out of town. Is that official? Is what's the charge, Marshal? None. Yet. Murder, if you go through it. Not the way I understand it. Murder's one thing. Calling a man in a fair fight, that's another thing. Beaudry, I'm the law here in Dodge, and I don't see it as a fair fight. Bert's a blacksmith, and he's not used to handling a gun. You are. So I'm told. Who told you, Marshal? I don't know anybody here. Wait a minute, Dylan? Yeah. I heard Jeannie mention you. You knew her back in Louisville before she ran off. We'll leave her out of this, Buddha. So that's it. This isn't official. You're just doing a personal favor for an old friend. Probably a very close friend. Jeannie always did have a weak... I warned you once. All right, hold it. Now, get up, Audrey. That was a mistake, Dylan. Now I'll have to kill you, too. I'm not a blacksmith, Audrey. I'll look you up just soon as I've finished with Bert Wells. If you kill Bert, you won't have to look me up. Bert. Now, Bert. Huh? Oh, Matt. Didn't see you come in. Uh, I wanted to talk to you, Bert. About what, Matt? Ed Beaudry's in town. Beaudry? Well, it was bound to happen sometime. Has he been bothering Jeannie? No, she just happened to see him get off the train this morning. She came and told me. She shouldn't have done it, Matt. It's not your problem. Maybe it is, Bert. I'm the law in Dodge, and the law doesn't like the idea of personal grudges ended up in the killing. What do you aim to do? Prevent it if I can. Well, I wish you luck. You haven't worn that gun for two years, Bert. Why start now? I've got no choice, Matt. You know that. You mean you got no chance. If you let Beaudry call a showdown, he'll kill you. Maybe. Look, Bert, why don't you take to the prairie, hold up for a week or so while I figure some way of running Beaudry out of town, huh? Would you do it, Matt? Hide out and let somebody else do your fighting for you? Well, what I'd That's do is... That's the point, Bert. Jeannie. The law against killing. It's Matt's job to enforce it. If you went away, there wouldn't be any fight. Wouldn't be much honor either, Jeannie. Man can't run and still call himself a man. He can run from a mad dog, 
And that's what Ed Beaudry is. He never had any claim on me. It appears he thought he did. Matt, you know where Beaudry's stand? I talked to him in the Texas trail. He probably took one of the rooms upstairs. Like to walk over there with me? Well, that's the way you want it. No, Bert, you... you... I'll get my hat. Be right with you. Bert, you've got to stop it. Yeah? How? I don't know. But there must be something you can do. Yeah, there is. The way it's shaping up, I can probably arrest the survivor. <laughs> There's still time to turn back, Bert. Afraid not, Matt. Should have had it out with Baudry back there in Kentucky five years ago. Jeannie wanted to run away and avoid trouble, and she was so beautiful it was hard to argue with her. Yeah, I know. Be hard on her if anything happened to you. Life's always hard on a woman, I guess. Worse out here on the prairie. Look out for her, Matt, in case I... Well, I mean, if anything... Mr. Dillon? Huh? Oh, what is it, Chester? Baudry left the saloon a little while ago. Went over to the livery stable to hire a horse. Huh? I think he's riding out to your place, Mr. Wells. He's been doing a lot of talking. Jeannie will be there alone, Matt. I better get back home. I'll be necessary. Here comes Baudry now. I won't draw unless he does, Matt. Heads up, Chester. Yes, sir. Just riding out to call on you, Wells. I decided you'd had plenty of time to look me up. No reason to, Baudry. Most men would figure they had reason. Somebody been in a local saloon telling their wife's history. What? Baudry, you... All right, hold it. Don't draw, Bert. Chester, cover Baudry. Just keep your hands still, Mr. Baudry. You're fast with that gun, Dylan. Fast enough, Mr. Baudry. make Baudry. a good bodyguard. Too bad you can't ride her 24 hours a day. I told you what to expect if you keep pushing this thing, Mr. Baudry. Now use some sense and get out of town while you're still alive. I've been in lots of towns, Dylan. I left them all alive. Wells, I've been planning to kill you for five years. Plans don't always work out. Listen, Will. You got till sundown. After that, I'm going to shoot you on sight. All right, Mr. Baudry. If you finish speaking your piece, move along. Why, surely, Mr. Dillon. See you later. Well, still a couple of hours before sundown. I'd like to spend them with Jeannie. I'll see you, Matt. Yeah, sure. Goodbye, Bert. I declare I, I just can't see any way of stopping it, Mr. Dillon. I can't either. I'd sure hate to be in Bert Wells' shoes. 
I'd hate worse to be in Baudry's. He'll never submit to arrest. Chester, I'm going to have to kill him. Why don't you relax, Matt? You're nervous as a cat. Yeah, now stay nervous, Kitty, until I find out what's happened to those two. Baudry slipped out the back way just at dusk. Piano player saw him. Yeah. Bert pulled the same trick. I had a couple of boys watching the blacksmith shop, but he managed to give them the slip. There's nothing you can do now, Matt. Well. Another killing. And you in the middle again. Why, Matt? Why do you do it? It's a job, Kitty. Somebody's got to do it. But why you? There are other things in life if you look around for them. Well, maybe I will someday. Will you look my way, Matt? Well, Matt, I... I brought my kit. All prepared. Ah, uh, where are the victims? No victims yet, Doc. You're jumping the gun. Well, I understand it's going to be a real showdown. The boys at the bar are offering two to one on Baudry. That's about the odds, I figure, if the shooting really starts. Oh, it'll start out. Right. Oh, there's not a thing in the world can stop it. Chester, what are you doing in here? I told you to watch that street. Yes, sir, I know you did. The fight's there... as likely to start out there as any place else. No, sir, Mr. Dillon. I guess there's not going to be any fight. What? They just found Baudry lying in the alley down the block. Matt. Somebody sneaked up behind him with a hammer. He's sure dead. <laughs> Return for the second act of Gunsmoke in just a moment. But first, what is the connection between the statue in the square and a pair of thugs who are definitely not on the square with the law? Tonight on Gangbusters, hear the complete details of this exciting case taken from actual police files. Remember, it's Gangbusters later tonight on most of these same CBS radio stations. Don't miss it. Now, the second act of Gunsmoke. either. He might have skipped out. What about his wife, though? I don't know, Chester. I can't figure any of this. It's not like Bert to pull a sneaking trick like that. Hold it! Don't move! He's there by the tree, Chester. Yes, sir. Bert! Who is it? Who's that? Matt. Chester's with me. You better put away the gun. I thought it was somebody else. Who, Bert? You know who, Baudry, of course. Guess I better take your gun. Official, Matt? Official. 
Well, I got no call of the law. Here. Thank you. Now, why did you do it? What do you mean? If it had been a gunfight, the law couldn't have touched you. The circumstances are all in your favor. But this way, they'll call it murder. And they'll be right, because that's what it was. Matt, what are you talking about? It's no use. You left the hammer lying right beside his body. It's got your shop brand carved in the handle. Whose body are you talking about? You mean Baudry? Yeah, sure, Baudry. Matt, you're making a mistake. I went looking for Baudry, yes, but I didn't find him. Then I come back here. I was afraid to leave Jeannie there in the house alone. I, I didn't do it, Matt. You're wrong. It's not up to me, Bert. It's the court's job. All I can do is take you in. The evidence is too strong and I got no choice. No choice? I didn't have a choice either. We must have had a choice somewhere back down the line. When? Where was it we could have stopped and turned back? I'm a marshal, not a philosopher. Now, let's go. What about Jeannie? I've got to tell her. Chester will take care of it. It'd be better if you do it, Matt. You're a friend. That'd make it easy. I'd rather not if you don't mind. Now, come on, let's go. Four years we've been friends, Matt. I never thought it would come to this. Neither did I. You said you didn't find any money on him. It could have been robbery. Or made to look like robbery. Either way, there's nothing I can do. Now, you better step inside. I'll, uh, I'll bring you some blankets and tobacco. Want anything else, let me know. Wish I knew how Jeannie was taking it. She'll be all right. She's a fine girl. Matt. Matt, look out for her, will you? Bert, a man's job is one thing, friendship's another. This prairie country is rough and tough and wild at the best. And without the law, nobody could survive in it. And that means putting friendship aside sometimes. Man still doesn't forget. Yeah, I, I'll look out for her. Thanks, man. I'll see you later. Well, you get your prisoner tucked in safely, Matt. <laughs> what about Baudry? He's dead. Absolutely dead. I never saw anybody in the debtor. Blacksmith hammer makes a mighty fine weapon. Yeah, at least for sneaking up behind. I can't figure Bert doing that. It's not like him. Sometimes a man changes under pressure, Doc. I can't figure it either. What would you say his chances are? Bad. Straws all point one way. Hmm. Maybe somebody's been messing with the straw stack. Oh, that's a good question, right? The court will ask it. If he ever gets there. What do you mean? I just come from Texas Trail a while ago, and some of the boys are kind of riled up. They're talking real loose. No law against talking. 
doubt if they aim to leave the talking mat. They figure the evidence is a little on the weak side. A court might turn Bert loose. So they're saying it's up to them. Yeah, they're just mad because they've lost their source of free drinks. Well, maybe so, but you better keep your eyes open. Yeah, I know that fact, Doc. They hunt in the dark and pull down stragglers. Mostly they just talk. So no worry. Bert's in jail and that's where he's going to stay. No visitors after dark. It's a jail rule. Rules don't have to be enforced. Mine do. Bert's a prisoner, same as any other prisoner. He's charged with murder. He didn't do it, Matt. It's not for me to say. But you know he didn't. You know Bert. You know he wouldn't do a thing like that. Sneak up behind a man's back in the dark. I'm not the court, Jeannie. I know. And they'll believe he did it. The night train's coming in. I hope it's not bringing in trouble. The morning train did. Matt, I want to see Bert. I told you that you... Why, you little fool. <laughs> Give me the gun, No, Jamie. I warn you, Matt, stay Give back. Give me the gun. No, Matt. So help me, I I'll... said hand it over. <laughs> Now, what did you hope to gain by that? I don't know. Get Bert out. Maybe I don't know. None of this is his fault. Something's got to be done. Matt, you've got to help me. Please. Yeah, what is it, Chester? I just come from the Texas Trail. I think there's going to be some trouble. Trouble? The bunch that hangs out around there are doing a lot of drinking and... Talking up the idea of coming over here to the jail. Oh, no. Well, maybe we ought to go over there and do some talking ourselves. Jeannie, I think the best thing for you to do is to go back home and stay there till morning. But... Now, don't worry about this. Nothing's going to happen. Oh, but, Matt, you can't handle that crowd alone. I've been handling things alone for a long time. All right, Chester. <laughs> Those are Jim Nixon's, the one who's been agging him on, Mr. Dillon. Over there at the end of the box. Yeah, he struck up an acquaintance with Votary when he first got off the train. Guess he figures he's an old part there by now. Now, come on. Yes, Later, Kitty. I got some business with the boys at the bar. That's what I mean. Talk to Jim's been buying them drinks the last two hours. They're in a real nasty mood. So? So be careful, Matt. That's all. Just be careful. Kitty, I'm the carefulest man you know. Sure. Sure. We got the law here, Dodge. Supposedly, the 
what kind of a law is it to let a man sneak up behind somebody in the dark and murder him in cold blood? I don't know, Tulsa. Suppose you tell me. Dylan. Now, don't let me interrupt you. You were doing fine. Well, this is quite an audience you've got. All the panhandlers, bums, and barflies, and dodge. It's quite a collection. Well, calling names won't change the facts, Dylan. What facts? A friend of yours, Bert Wells, that sneaking, cowardly murderer. That's for the court to decide, Tulsa. The court. They'll turn him loose. They work hand in glove with you. Dylan, we're not going to stand for it. All right, shut up. So you're not going to stand for it, huh? Well, just what are you planning to do? You'll find out in due time, Dylan. Bartender, set him up again all around. Now, you've turned into quite a free spender, Tulsa. I never knew you to... Ah, double eagle gold piece. You mind if I take a look at it? It's good. Don't worry about that. Yeah, I'm sure it is. Where'd you get it? That's my business, Dylan. So you're the one who killed Baudry. That's a lie. I thought robbing him was just a cover-up, but it wasn't. There aren't many double eagles around Dodge. Baudry had a lot of them. Now you... Why would you get a pocket full of gold pieces, Tulsa? Wells killed Baudry. The blacksmith hammer was lying right beside him. Yes, where you left him. What does she mean? Tulsa Jim came into my husband's shop late this afternoon. His horse had thrown a shoe. He had plenty of chance to steal that hammer. She's lying. Where did you get the gold, Tulsa? A liar. I won it. Oh, I won it in the poker game. Last week when... Oh, when the trail heard... Tulsa, you're under arrest for... No, you'll never take me! All right, Doc. You better get up an inquest. Confounded matcher. You never give me any chance to practice on live people. Yeah. You wouldn't know what to do with them, Doc. Well, I... I do get fewer complaints this way. Matt... Matt, does this mean it, Bert's free? You shouldn't have come here, Jeannie. Yeah, he's free. Chester will go with you over to the jail and let him out. Thank you, Matt. Thank you for everything. You told me one time in Louisville that... Louisville? That was a long time ago and a long way off. So, uh... Goodbye, Jeannie. Goodbye, Matt. What's it all about, Matt? What? <laughs> What's anything all about, kidding? Professor, what do you say? Well, let's have a little tune, huh? Why, sure thing, Mr. Dillon. What'd you like to hear? Oh, uh, how about that one of Foster's? Uh, Jeannie. Jeannie with the light brown hair. You bet. And you knew her before, didn't you, Matt? Yeah, I met her in Louisville one summer. Saw her quite a lot for a couple of months. And then I drifted out west. A man misses out on things by drifting. I told her then if she ever needed help to, to call on me. Well, she called, and you helped her. Yeah, I guess. Well, anyway, I, I 
have said. Matt. Yeah. You're kidding. When are you going to help yourself? of Norman MacDonald stars William Conrad as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal. Tonight's story was specially written for Gunsmoke by Les Crutchfield, with music composed and conducted by Rex Corey. Featured in our cast were Tom Tully, Lynn Allen, Larry Dobkin, Georgia Ellis, and Barney Phillips. Parley Bear is Chester, and Howard McNear is Doc. Join us again next week as Matt Dillon, U.S. Marshal, fights to bring law and order out of the wild violence of the West in Gunsmoke. What are the tunes most people like best? For the answer to that question, listen to Robert Q. Lewis's Waxworks later tonight over most of these same CBS radio stations. Stay tuned now for Broadway is My Beat, which follows immediately over most of these same radio stations. Roy Rowan speaking. On a Sunday afternoon, the music's delightful on the CBS Radio Network. Thanks for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Burns and Allen, followed by Richard Diamond, private detective. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.